Are they dead? I mean, more dead? Boy. And welcome. This is the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm Garrett, here with soon to be always Kyle. <laughs> we made it. Uh, uh, welcome everyone to the new the new house, the new land. It's been very exciting getting this going for y'all. I am in. Yeah, I yeah, smell that. Oh, oh, enjoy that new podcast smell, Kyle. Ooh, does it smell like fresh magic cards? I like a new car smell. My car, by the way, okay. still has that new car smell. I've managed to retain it. I haven't been in a new car in a very long time. Is it close to rental car smell? Oh, God, no, no, no. Okay. Rental car smell smells like the new car smell can that you buy at AutoZone. I refuse to let this be our first conversation on this new show. No, I uh, did. What? This is a podcast, Kyle. We're not on YouTube. We don't have to stick to the subject. God damn it. We can That's talk true. about whatever we want. Long form, free flowing, real time conversation. Wild and pure and forever free. I'm uh, well, then free form. Then I'm waiting on my old phone to charge right now so I can access our discord uh, because yeah. <laughs> My old phone has my Discord authenticator, what? and my new phone doesn't because I never updated it. Uh, oh, I was like, do you keep an old phone around just to access Discord? I didn't realize you, you, but you have your Discord. I don't have my Discord locked down. Do I need to do that? Probably. It's probably a good idea. If someone were to impersonate you. Everything is to factor these days. I'm too, I don't have the patience for it. I, I, at a problem- certain point, listen, if it's not my bank account... Or like my like my mortgage lender, I, I you know steal it. I don't care. The problem is that we haven't agreed on a single authenticator app, so you have to have several, and you don't know which one it's pinging. So it's always nice when it just texts you and gives you the code, and you enter the little code. Um, I, I, I do. Hey, maybe topical here. I do like the way Blizzard does it, where it kind of pings your phone, and then you press yes, and you don't have to enter any numbers. Yes, I like that as well. Um, funny enough, I have one for my University of Florida student account uh, because mm. I'm still getting my master's. Should be wrapping it up by Christmas. Um, oh, I don't someone going to steal your degree. Uh, yes, or go in and turn in bad assignments and take my grade, I guess you could do, but that would be easy enough to talk to my... Most of my teachers have been cool, man. You, you get in touch. You're like, yo, things are weird. See, we we said this was a podcast, right? Free of algorithm. We get to talk about whatever we want, but of course we are here to talk about video games and video game adjacent topics. And I'm I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here, man. We have been through many, many podcasts before. Most of them have been intensely topical to a single game. And uh, welcome to everybody who's listening now and enjoying this burnout free edition of video game podcastery. I can't wait to not talk about a game that has been stale for a year. I'm I, really excited. <laughs> I'm not naming any names. I'm not I, naming dude, any I names. Can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. Also, if you're, you know, I bet we're going to have some new people to the feed. So if you're new to the feed, new to Kyle and me podcasting, 
Well, um, this feed is actually reborn from the ashes of our previous podcast. So if you're wondering what these Heroes of the Storm podcasts are behind us, this used to be Heroes of the Storm feed. But this is Kyle and me, so we felt no reason to set that feed on fire. And if you want to know more about our history of working together, go back just two episodes to Garrett and Kyle's podcast vacation, the first of those two. And we talk all about it. We talk about what it's like switching games, switching podcasts, all of the trials and tribulations of covering Blizzard games, which was fun while it lasted. <laughs> and our first topic today. No, we're going to talk about a lot of cool things today. So yes, um, Grinding Gear, if you're curious what this podcast is going to be about, Kyle already talked about it. It's going to be about whatever games tickle our fancy, as well as pop culture when it's relevant, which we're actually going to have a little bit of that Today, what we're playing, I'm sure Final Fantasy is going to come up multiple times across probably every damn episode for the foreseeable future. But this is, think of it as a pairing, if you know us from mm. YouTube. This this ties in to the Garrett and Kyle brand. You know, if I, I want to make our, honestly, very close friendship sound way too clinical. Oh, it, it, it's right, you know, and I like, like like the way you said pairing. Final Fantasy fourteen is like the sauce that will occasionally dunk everything into because it's just too good. But each week we'll have unique dishes available for. It's gonna be like Applebee's, you know. You just go. You never know what's five dollar, five dollar, whatever. I I'm, wish I'm you had Applebee's. literally chosen any other anything else. Any, I hate Applebee's, man. I'm, uh, I don't know why. Although it's still going. you run with the apps, if I'm at Applebee's, that's what I'm doing. I'm just getting a bunch of apps because their food's so mediocre. Just give me a a smorgasbord of fried mediocrity you know chilies is all right and like, i don't mind the fajitas and i love chilies, man completely personal but my sister-in-law is a burn expert because she worked at chilies so the other day you know i received a burn while cooking and she was on that business <laughs> or burn is getting burnt that that, that yes regular? because the fajita thing comes out oh, it's the all hot. You oh, say, oh, yeah okay absolutely that makes a lot of sense a common Thanks. problem at chilies makes a lot of sense. Oh my God. That's, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. I've worked in the kitchen for a long time, but I didn't get burnt that often. I think I cut myself maybe twice. That was, that was a long time ago now. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a Wayne's world, right? A fine collection of hair nuts. <laughs> we both have them. Well, we've got a great show put together for you today. And if I know us, it'll probably go a little longer than I expect it to. Cause it's the first one. We don't know how we're going to, how quickly we're going to move through this stuff. And we also want to thank all of you supporting us on our Patreon, which is over at patreon.com slash Garrett and Kyle, or I prefer you go to support And if you have followed us from into the Nexus into here, I just want to say thank you so much. I can't believe how many of you have stayed on, how many of you have upped your pledge or how many of you have come back after we announced that we wouldn't be doing Heroes of the Storm coverage anymore because you're like, we got we we got some variation of this message multiple times, Kyle. Some variation of, I loved you guys and I haven't listened in a while because I don't play Heroes of the Storm anymore. Now that I hear that you've got a new project coming, I am totally on board. And that, it made me feel so freaking good because, you know, I'm not going to lie, we did Into the Nexus for eight years and it was a major part of the way that you and I make a living <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and being like, Oh, let's, let's completely upend it. It's, it's scary, but it was also necessary. Absolutely. 
So I'm stoked to sell. Thank you, everybody, for the support. Go to supportourbromance.com and let's get into it. Our first ever Grinding Gear podcast news segment. Good, 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 good. Oh, great news, everyone. Shove it. Wrath Classics release date <laughs> was leaked and slash announced. We know Wrath of the Lich King Classic is coming out Monday, September 26th. It really panicked and slapped together that cinematic, you know, over at Blizzard. Whoa, wait, what? Oh, no, I, I, was there a video? I honestly didn't I think, watch. But I, it's, it's awful. Honestly, I, I hate this kind of trailer nowadays. I used to be really into the whole like, you know, the sort of Reaper sound that was very popular circa like 2010. This is just, it is commonplace. And there's so much amazing music in Wrath of Lich King. Like, it doesn't hit any nostalgia. It's nothing but the Arthas trailer cinematic. So, it's a lie. You know, if they flashed any of those graphics online, we'd all go, ooh, oh, <laughs> my sensibilities have changed. My memory updates that a little better than the passage of time. Not the cinematic, though. The cinematic still looks freaking fantastic. No, I'm, and now exactly, I'm watching and that's that. So used it. You're absolutely right. It is just, hey, here's a supercut of the intro cinematic. Yep. And it, you know, it, it services. It works. It's, it's a... It's letting you know that you can get the more XP and BC classic if you want to get in there and do that. It's effective. I know. But, like, the, this... This business right here, the dragon's rest, where it comes in, it's like spooky, sad. Oh, and that little thing they do. Tickling the the ivories. Yeah, Wrath of Lich King had such good music. This was uh, Derek Duke, but it was also during the era of Russell Brower still. And I, I think of that and I'm, I'm up way too late in like senior year of my bachelor's degree. And if I wasn't actually playing Wrath of Lich King, I was listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, this was also uh, Glenn Stafford back in the day as well, who went on to do a bunch of the Here's the Storm music. So last we spoke, not on this podcast because it didn't exist until today, uh, but last you and I had a, had a little dialogue about Wrath of Lich King Classic. You were like, yeah, I don't need to go back. Graphically, no. <laughs> I am curious because I, I missed the bandwagon. I graduated college right when Wrath of the Lich King came out. I leveled through it. I think I leveled through it more than once, naturally, having, you know, wanting to explore other classes and characters. But I never, ever raided in it. And that's the part everybody talks about, particularly old. Uh, uh, old the, War? Yeah, the, the Titan. Old War. Old Man old would be the five man from Vanilla. With Bol... Bolvar? Who's the... No, no, not Bolvar. He's the, he's the one that's now on fire. Who's the... um? Who's the giant or somebody? Something's always... You talk about the Haydn. Uh, Heineken. What? Who's the, like, giant what? you dance for? <laughs> Hodir? Hodir. Oh, everyone, yeah. Everyone talks about the Hodir. The Hodir fight. He was a giant. Hodir wasn't a fight. Hodir was a... Now I need to... I'm, I'm going to look this up right now. Hodir was, like, a vendor. There were giants in the Storm Peaks that you... Oh, no, he is a boss encounter in Old War. Okay. Oh, I'm totally wrong. I'm sorry. I think it was like Sons of Hodir or something was the was the, the faction. But you're right. Hodir was the, the frost titan giant dude that you fought. That fight was great. 
Like the dungeons I've done at nauseum, the leveling I have done, except for I did it all horde multiple times. So I guess Alliance would be kind of fresh. I love, love the spider people dungeons, the Nerubians and exploring anything regarding their lore. I think they're bad ass. And they kind of gotten like to some old God stuff that really they didn't deliver on fast enough to keep that through line going. But it was still interesting at the faceless ones under the ice and it was getting into that Northrend World of or Warcraft 3 business and lore that I was really, really interested to explore, but didn't really deliver at a pace that was enjoyable as a single player game. So my question is, can I come back and do the raids with any sanity? Like, or does it have to become my life in order to enjoy that content that I missed out on back in the day? Well, I mean, it is all figured out now so we know where we need to be roughly in gear quality and where we need to go to get that gear and so that's all figured out and so like if you if your main goal was to go and experience those things at least one time through to completion and that was it i would say make peace with a shopping list that's how i've always at least how i always used to play world of warcraft before they diablo-fied the gear and I had to grind for the same gear with slightly better stats over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. I used to just go, in, I, I had my shopping list. I was like, I need this piece of gear from this dungeon. I'm just going to run it over and over again until I get it. And, uh, I had a bunch of those, like an itemized bolt list. I liked playing world of Warcraft that way. And in wrath of the Lich King, especially if you get into later raids, you had the badge gear that could help fill in those gaps when you got on lucky. Sure. Uh, and it was it was very accessible. And so these are probably the dungeons I know the best because this is when I was I had like three tanks across both factions and I was just taking people through dungeons all day, all night. I was even doing pug raids. I led a successful pug ICC raid for a few months all the way up to Sindragosa on the Alliance side just because I was bored and I had friends over there playing And in my head, I was like, I'm going to go play with them in the raid at some point. I want gear. And that never happened. So I just ended up like running this ICC pug raid just for the shits. Sure. I mean, at the time, it was a pinnacle of gaming. I think a lot of other systems and games are doing World of Warcraft better than World of Warcraft now. But I am interested to see the things I miss. I would I would like to for my own Frostmourne that's sitting right next to me defeat the Lich King once. Beat the game. Just beat it. Hang up. Cancel sub. I'm done. That would be really enjoyable. It's more like there's this 50% bonus XP event going on right now in order to get everybody hyped for September 26th. Of course, they want you to sub now. Now, there's no better time to get back into World of Warcraft. That's just business talk. But do I need to get in there and go through Burning Crusade, which I've done way too many times? You you know you get a boost, right? You get a boost? Okay. You get a boost. you You, do? You get a boost. When you buy, it, well, when you start Wrath Lich King class, oh, you might need to buy. Right, because it's just the subscription. I would have to buy a oh, boost separately. Right. I think you do need to buy a boost. I I guess I bought the boost for Burning Crusade and forgot about the boost. Dude, whatever. whatever. Uh, support our bromance.com so Kyle <laughs> can boost without feeling guilty that it could have been. You're putting this on me. It could have been You're... so many more Hot Wheels cars for Flynn. That's true. But you're putting this on me. I also want to join you. Like, you are really excited. I appreciate you letting me tell my story. But I know you are so stoked to 
to dip a toe back in that nostalgia. And hey, you know. Yeah, straight up my favorite MMO ever. Like this specific, and this slice of time. Like, I don't, I'm, in my actual life, I'm not a hugely nostalgic person. Now, part of that is probably because I'm still so steeped in stuff that I enjoyed when I was a teenager. Like my musical taste hasn't evolved too much. It's gotten more diverse, but I still like the music that I listened to in high school. Uh, But I'm not one of those, People are like, oh, I wish I could go back to high school. I don't. I don't miss it at all. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So would, much would rather be an adult. I like being an adult. It's so much better than being a broke-ass kid with no agency. Uh, so in that way, I'm, I'm not nostalgic at all. But I love revisiting old things that can be revisited. And uh, if you know me from other things, you know I love cars. I love I love when a buddy comes over that's got like an old 90s car, man. It is a time capsule. You get in it and suddenly you're you're in a car. For, you have your driver's license for the first time. I know I just said I wasn't nostalgic for my past, but. No, transported. It happens. Yeah. yeah. You think about, you know, what you were listening to at the time and all that kind of stuff. And so in that way, I like, you know, I like revisiting old video games. I particularly like revisiting old video games when they get a little bit of a makeover, like, you know, Mass Effect did not too long ago and Last of Us 1 is about to get, which is funny because I don't think about that as that old of a game, but then I looked up when it actually came out and it is kind of that old of a game now. I feel old when I think about Last of Us, but I digress. Uh, Yeah, I'm stoked to sell. Um, um, I would very much like to set the same goal that you would, you would like to have. Like if I could just enjoy this expansion all the way up through the end of Arthas. Oh boy. That'd be great. My only thought is like, when, when, when will I have the time to sure. do that? Like I, in my, it, like, I don't know, in my head, I've been rolling this around and I'm, I'm going to vocalize this. And this is a promise of nothing, but I was like, what if Kyle and I had one night a week, like a four hour night once a week, where we just mainlined Wrath classic. Would that be enough? You know, how could we, how could we get there? I think in max, it wouldn't be so bad. I think it would, it would take a while to level up only four hours a week, but. I don't want to go anywhere near the trial of the crusader or whatever that was where you rode horses. That was just awful. I liked the raid and I didn't hate the five man in there. The raid ends Ugh. with freaking an Uberak, man. It's fantastic. That's such a good fight. The five man was Jaraxxus, if I remember correctly. Oh, Jaraxxus was, I think the second fight of the raid. Okay. The five man ended with the black knight. You got on your ponies and rode around and that was just absolute chaos. What a horrible system. They were, that is, listen, Wrath of Lich King is remembered with, I think, fairly accurate rose colored glasses. But the one part that is being obscured is how they just overused vehicle mechanics. That was all over that game like a pox and they were not fun. They sucked. The only part time I thought they were kind of cool was the beginning of old war because it is pretty epic and it gives it a sense of scale that within the frame of world of Warcraft and what was what that game was capable of at the time, it was very grandiose, but the, you know, once you had old war on farm, I never needed to do that segment ever again. That's good. That's good. It's such an easy trap to fall into. I've known so many first time DMS for dungeons and dragons or any game that was like, you know, it'd be really cool is if I gave the players a cannon for this cool boss fight I've designed. But ultimately, players do not want to lose control of their character. They don't want to be stunned too long. They don't want to be dazed. All these sort of mechanics are bad and boring, if not tactical, 
in the first place. And what do you do when you pilot a vehicle? Your bar is replaced. You're not yourself. You're some tank thing for a little bit. And rarely is that cooler than actually playing your character. And an MMO is so different, too, because you need that agency and the enemy players need their agency, too. So outside of just like destroying, like just trashing huge hordes of things like bombing runs in BC or that weird flashback thing that happened in Legion where you went back to like the age of the something or other night elves and like played as a demon hunter oh, for war, a little the bit. The War of the Ancients. Yeah, yeah. Like that stuff's okay because it's just for NPCs and they're just, they're being blown away. They're minions, you know, they're minions to the slaughter. It's like playing Starcraft, which I love. And I think more minions in those sort of games, like the development of Heart of the Swarm was really good. Not narratively compared to Wings of Liberty. Wings of Liberty, I've played so many times. Well, oh, hold on. Heart of the Swarm story. is fantastic compared to Legacy of the Void, so. Yes, it, it, it incrementally moves into space and bizarreness as it goes and becomes more of a space opera full, and less of a space western. Uh, Legacy of the Void turns full anime. Like, yeah. we must kill God. <laughs> it's just like, oh, no, don't do a kill God. Yeah. Run, please don't. Oh, you did and it. And it's in space, too. I really like old black and white. Did you ever play black and white? No. I, I was that thing I always saw when I was stuck at Office Depot waiting for my mom. Just yeah, boxes just sitting there. yeah, and yeah. just like, damn, this game looks so cool. Why is there a giant monkey? And that that the was monkey it. was good. That's all. The it, monkey was good. It was that game that I was. I was like, I kind of want this, but I don't think. I think I'd rather win the fight for Roller Coaster Tycoon. Sure. So yeah, yeah. I went. To you also need a really powerful computer back in the day. Like it was a wonder that even I got to play it. Yeah, I didn't uh, have a decent computer until damn near college, really. But that thing, the way gods worked in that game was you had your followers, kind of like an economy, and followers channeled worship to you, and that's how powerful you were. So if you wanted to destroy another god, the best way to do so was not to go destroy themselves or their buildings, but destroy all the people worshiping them so they had no power, and then they'd sort of just be forgotten and lost to existence. That's so kind a cool of a, a why aren't we doing that in Final Fantasy XIV with primals? Going around and, well... I guess it would but, be genocide. That's kind of evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to kill all <laughs> the, the entirety of me. the lizard folk. Please do not, nobody quote me on that genocide quote, please. But it was effective in black and white, and black and white too. And that was their choice for their video game at the end of the day. And I prefer that story as a god versus god rather than the how many times can I power up enough to defeat this god? In which case you get into that, uh, is it Ichigo? Is that his name in Bleach? Bleach is one of those that just goes way too far. There were, uh, by the way, Final Fantasy, Anime Corner, they're going to happen on the show. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned. But Wrath of the Lich King, a hobby like Divinity 2. I want to beat it. And that begs the question, what are you going to play? What would you play? I, I would 100% relive my past glory and be a, a paladin. Although you said you want to be Alliance, and I cannot be a human paladin. They look so stupid. I guess you could be a dwarf. Yeah, right? they're even dumber. I can't. I've never. I've never had a dwarf. Ever. Yeah, because this was pre pre race expansion, so you wouldn't have all the side options. You'd have Draenei, but I've never been able to get Draenei, past their okay. run cycle. I don't like their run cycle. They they. Oh, you don't like the hoof. They prance. They, they do. Prance. I guess I could be a female Draenei. I don't, I can get past them. The dudes look so dumb when they run. No, there's a reason they were called blueberries back in the day. They did look dumb. 
Yeah, and they got those like Johnny Bravo chests where it looks yeah. like you, you you might have a heart condition. You should probably consult a physician. Yeah, they're having a rough time out there. Yeah, the, the female Draenei, they don't move as skatey. Like their feet don't, their hooves don't have to connect with the ground in an entirely flat way. And so they have some weight in their movement. I, I guess I, I could night elf warrior. I love night elves. Isn't there also like a stigma nowadays that the Alliance doesn't complete raids? The Horde is all about raiding. The Alliance sucks. You know, we could run a poll for our patrons. Yeah, that'd be the best way to do it, actually, because we need we would need people. We, we would need, need people, people to join us on our journey. One hundred percent. So people. I guess we'd let them decide ultimately, because it doesn't matter too too much to me. But I can't be a shaman on alliance, right? No, 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 no. Post burning crusade, uh, blood elves could be paladins, and draenei could be shaman. Oh, I'd have to be draenei too. Okay, I'm trying to sell you on it, but I don't care myself. Yeah, I, I, I do not want to be that myself. We should uh, do relive the glory days. Roll a priest. I'll roll a pally. Let's go. I've done it too many times. I don't think I can do priest again. <laughs> do paladin. Always... We'll do pally. We'll be pally bros. Oh, but paladins get stuck doing tank healing, and it's so boring. I really, I really want to do shaman. It okay. was the okay. healer class I always wanted to do. And if people are joining us, you know, I will guiltfully say, I'm aware I'm subjecting you to something. I, I do think that it probably is unoptimized. The in general, shamans have always kind of been unoptimized in those early expansions. Always kind of sucked. Well, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth and try and get you on something you don't want to play. If you are even remotely interested in going through Wrath with me, I'm just going to I'm going to take my gift and say thank you. That's where my nostalgia really lies, man, is going through these old talent calculators. Like, that's my getting in the 90s car moment. I, I think the graphics are bad and have not aged the best. I agree with like the animation, the motion is still there and that can help. Like, you know, Toy Story 1's pretty creepy, but Woody still moves like a toy and it's all right. It's all right. The little I, army it, men still walk on their little plastic legs. I hit Max in Vanilla Classic and played a little bit of BC Classic and I'm fine with it um, because it is updated. It You know, it's widescreen, which, well, Wrath was, but, you know, Vanilla wasn't. And it has much longer draw distance, has real-time shadows. It has a new updated like color engine. So it is slightly visually upgraded if you want it to be. There's also a button that just locks it to the classic graphics. Nah, I don't need that. No, I'm not doing that. I'll play this fully upgraded. It's just, you know, the, the weird thing about these talent calculators is always the huge amount of nostalgia I feel, how much I want to like dig in and feel unique. And at the same time, of course, there's tomatic focus. Reduce the mana cost of your totems by 5%, which is horribly boring. <laughs> <laughs> where well so I, I i before we move on you know it, it begs the question because the alpha is out you know circling around like blizzard still lots of history there with the messiness certainly our own baggage and and anger and emotions in those environments but what's what's what have you picked up personally about dragonflight that flying looks cool and the the dragon what are the drag theer is that what they're called yeah that they have their own flying that is faster than epic mount speed if you're good at it it's like skill based flying when that's kind of cool mm. like the way that the game is ushering in a new era of mobility in world of warcraft where mobility has been pretty stale for a real long time i would say the last time it got really interesting was if you rolled a demon hunter you know this last time mobility got a pretty interesting upset 
Um, that part of it's really cool to me. The rest of it, I, 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 Shadowlands really bummed me out. And that, that, that stain is going to stay there until Dragonflight proves me wrong in the long term. So I'll likely have my sub rolling to play Wrath. So yeah, I'll probably pick up Dragonflight and give it a shot at launch. But I, I, I don't know. I don't. Right now, my I don't really have much hype for it. I like that. I think that's right. I think a lot of people are feeling the the need for people to answer the call rather than the company to put out a call to come back. Yeah, I, I need I need the team to prove to me that they have learned some lessons and are also going to keep up a decent cadence of release. And there is no studio on earth that I trust less with that right now than Blizzard <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> which is hysterical because yeah. they used to be the the top of the crop as far as regularly updating your games were concerned, and now they have a reputation for killing games and releasing empty, shallow mobile games that want your money. Agreed. Agreed. So Moving let's on. go from my nostalgia to yours yes. with the. Sad, semi-confirmed news that the Knights of the Old Republic PS5 remake has reportedly been delayed indefinitely. I can't think of a more shameful idea than canceling a remake. Like, you have a baked-in audience, you're remaking something, and you can't complete your pledge. Bummer. This is apparently, my understanding hearsay, I have yet to see an official announcement come out of Aspear itself, the, the studio that's working on this. Uh, but yeah, like apparently, un, you know, not to be named sources are saying, yeah, our heads of studio came out and were like, yep, put this on pause. And uh, Kyle, I've never beaten... Knights of the Old Republic. It is one of my greatest gaming shames. I do own it on iPad. It is not a great gameplay experience. No, no, it is not. Uh, it's not good on computer. It is meant for controller. I've heard it's uh, the Steam version is borderline unplayable. Yes. And can be made borderline playable via mods, which that yeah, does not instill a lot of excitement in me. No, and it's not like a mod space that you go into, like with Skyrim, for instance, where you can do it kind of all through Steam and kind of live in an environment that feels safe. These are mods you would have to go get off the internet in zip files and such exhausting practices as such. And honestly, like, I got the game here on my old Xbox. I got my old Xbox. Like, if I really wanted to fire it up, I could. It's a story game. If you played through it once, you've beaten it. I think Dragon Age and those sort of Bioware games are tactically more interesting, particularly Dragon Age has really interesting difficulties where different difficulties give different amounts of units or different types of units, even in the battles you'll face. And of course, it's called Dragon Age Origins. The different origin stories have some impact, particularly whether or not, you know, Tim Curry is really important to your personal story. <laughs> but Knights of the Old Republic, once you beat it once, you beat it. And it was a great game back in the day. I so so the official announcement, the official word, and this is from the Bloomberg uh, Jason Schreier article, 
So a little bit of hearsay there, but the more official side of things is the target release date is 2025 rather than 2022, but they've lost their leads. Uh, they've lost their art directors, design directors. So basically, you know, they're without paddles in this endeavor and it's not looking like it's going to happen. Yeah, seems like bad news. And, and I'm bummed because this is a game I've always wanted to add. I wanted to get this game off of my shame list. And I was 100% like on board for this remake because my big issue is that I tried. I, I tried to go back to the game and there's just not a... Oh, you know what? Shit, I just remembered. There is a Switch version now. That might be the way to okay. go now. I literally that in this moment, I forgot that there's a Switch version. Right in. Wait, shit, we don't have an email. <laughs> Join our Discord. Uh, comment on the YouTube. What, uh, I guess we'll solve that problem. Oh, we problem do, we later. do, we do. Don't we on the YouTube? No, this is like live to hard drive. Well, feedback. Yeah, the feedback channel. What, uh, is it feedback at startgrindinggear.com? Is that it? I'm literally going over to our channel right now. Yeah, go watch a video and yep. tell me what it says at the end. No, no, it's in our... Um, if you go to about, it should be on there. Yeah, feedback at startgrindinggear.com. There we go. Right us there. I mean, Full disclosure, it goes to the old Nintendo Nexus box. Like, it just forwards there, but... It's just simple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, it, let us know if you've played the Switch version of Knights of the Old Republic. I know it's not a, really a visual upgrade, but as long as it plays decently, and my bar to clear right now is... It, does it play better than the iPad version? Because that it, version plays like dog shit. It wasn't pushing any envelopes back in the day. It's in that sweet spot where like, well, I think Jedi Outcast still looks amazing. Like there's some games where the mouths are a little jerky, but they totally work and communicate the setting going on. And there's very I'm fine few with ugly games. scenes in it. I, yeah. I, I can play ugly games, especially if they're ugly because of the time when they were made. Whatever that new uh, turd brown looking Pokemon game is that just came out, I, I that's the that's when I get angry because I'm like, Arceus, Ar Ar Arceus, the, the open world one you're talking yeah, about, yeah, where yeah. it on paper everything I've heard about it makes it sound like a great game, but every time I look at it, my eyes bleed. It has that weird fraying and glitchiness to the trees, and that's what I'm talking about, like when. It's almost like they try to apply filters on top of the game to make it look better and smooth out the edges. And what you end up in is this weird kind of artifacting. And this happened in Dragon Age Inquisition quite a bit, as well as Mass Effect 3, where like the edges of everyone's hair was not subject to the blurring and film graining. And you kind of had this crystal clear view straight through the threads into the background. The trickery was apparent. It's horrifying. But I don't, I don't know how they were going to pull this off. I assume that they were going to do it like they did with the new Jedi game, the Dark Souls-style one. I, I mean, you could... Oh, yeah, because it wasn't... It It was... How? What was the combat? It was, was it real? We don't it know. It wasn't real time. No, no, no. In the original. It wasn't real time, was it? Turn -based? No, it was turn-based Baldur's Gate style. It oh, was... Oh, yeah. Technically probably... a... A pause tactical RPG. I mean, honestly, at this point, there's so few of those nowadays that aren't coming out of Japan. It would be 
kind of a feature if they just kept it turn-based. It doesn't matter. It's probably not going to see this game. But No, but I would like that because I don't know how you'd interact with your companions otherwise. If they made a full-blown remake of Knights of the Old Republic and it was, well, on my mind, and we'll talk about it later, God of War 2018 style, it just wouldn't have that same feeling. You know, when you're in tactical combat that long, you got to be able to jump over to the companion, control them, or maybe at the least, like Mass Effect, command where they're going, like really feel that group camaraderie. But I felt like maybe I read something that they were giving it the old recent Jedi treatment and making it more of an action game. Probably where they were going to go with it. I mean, Final Fantasy went that way years ago now, many Final Fantasies ago, as a matter of fact, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm still bummed. One of these days, I'll play this game. Let me know what you think of the Switch version. All right, Kyle, are you ready for the maiden voyage of a new segment? I guess everything is technically a new segment. You want to go to the trailer park? Love it. Let's do it. Yep. Mm, Yep. Mm hmm. Welcome to the trailer park where Kyle and I talk about trailers, not just video game trailers. Sometimes it's movie trailers and we're going to actually start with a movie trailer because there's no, there is no reality. I don't care how many parallel universes there are. There is no reality where there is a Garrett that is friends with a Kyle and Garrett does not ask Kyle what he thought of the D and D movie trailer. I liked it. I actually liked this. I was shocked. I was appalled with myself that I enjoyed this. I should have said what I thought your reaction would be before we got into this, because I watched it and I thought to myself, I think Kyle's going to actually like this. Yeah, they went Thor Ragnarok. They made the right choice. You have to go full Lord of the Rings serious. And I, I would even prefer if you go full like Conan the Barbarian with someone called Boring. Like I want slow. I want laborious questing. Hiking over those rocks, hunting the monsters, but they went fun. They got like Hugh Grant up in here. The graphics actually look better than recent Marvel movies. Like I would even say it looks better than the recent Doctor Strange movie. Like that thing, they cut some corners, even though I had a lot of fun. Oh, well, like, they, 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 I want to fight you on that, but keep the momentum going. Uh, they put some work into this. Not everything looks like they're just standing in the green screen. The eyeballs of the actors look like they know what they're looking at. Like that was a little, a little bit aside, but I do think that eyeballs on actors are about to get way better because all the auditioning is being done remotely now. And so you get actors with imaginations. I think that's why like Mandalorian worked out so well in this modern era where in the past Han Solo in those recent, you know, more recent movies, he can't see graphics. Like yes. Harrison Ford just does not register graphics. Kyle Ferguson is going to sit here and tell you eyes on actors is getting better. And then he's going to use the Star Wars show where the guy wears a helmet the entire time as his example. True, true. Good counterpoint. But everyone, you know, everyone in there, not just the Mandalorian himself was I, doing well. I would think that I would think I, um, I also, I, I had, did you know they were making this? I had no freaking clue. There was talk, and of course, immediately everyone thought of Jeremy Irons' Dragons movie and that horrible, just awful film of the past. Yeah, so I had no idea that this was getting made, and then I I heard about it, 
And so I saw the reaction before I saw the trailer. So I hear people yelling about like, they made Chris Pine a bard. And that was all I needed to know. I would have just not watched this trailer otherwise. But I saw a tweet that said, Chris Pine bard. And I'm like, they did it. (laughs) I didn't know they were doing it, but they did it. They have made me interested. And I went and I ran and I watched the trailer. And I want to see this so much so that I think when it comes out, we should find some way I travel to you or you travel to me and we see it together. And we do a show about it. <laughs> That'd be fun. Looks, when does this release? This looks so March. fun. March, March, 2023. March 2023. Yeah, yeah. This just looks like a good time. So they did the YouTube thing to start with where you make a very tight cut. The Dragon Age trailer did this first too. Cause when people are viewing on mobile, it kind of pre-plays a little bit on the phone. You get to see a couple clips and it tantalizes you to click through. After that, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. You know, hey, Chris Pine, you're looking really good. Glad to see you. Glad you're well. But then the Black Dragon flew over. And it does a heavy, gooey dragon breath, which is unappealing, I think, to a lot of viewers. You see a dragon, you go, what the hell was that? That's gross. That is grotesque. I'm not going to see this movie, but that's what a dragon, a Black Dragon's breath would look like. And I went, oh, are you serious? Now, of course, like there's there's like weird little things for the sake of story. Like you can't polymorph from a druid to a horse to an owlbear back. Like you got to there's some transition. Oh, time who cares? Unless, the, right. The, who cares? Exactly. Homebrew your own rules. I can't, right. uh, there's nothing I, I am less interested in than what the rules of D&D tell me I can and cannot do. Now, granted, I still love that old doom moment. You know, the rocks doom. Who else was in that? Uh the dude from Lord of the Rings. Just and just The Rock. I don't know. I can't think of anyone else that was in that movie. That guy, Faramir, who like shows up. Isn't that his name? Faramir on horseback. He's like Riders of Rohan. And then he's also uh, Behold My Stuff in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, freaking. Are you? Wait, are you talking? Carl Urban? Oh, my God. Yeah, Carl Urban Car- was in Doom. Isn't Carl Urban the, the, the main guy who like, you know, gets juiced at the end and goes on his Doom shooting spree? I haven't seen. No, that's The Rock. Isn't it? No, no, the the rock gets empowered and becomes evil. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're this making it before... seem like I really care about this movie. I, what, yeah, Car- I don't. Well, you do more than me because I saw I it do once. remember it very vividly. Apparently, I, I saw it once. So this was before the rock was the the star that he is now. So that's why he wasn't yes. the lead. This was on the edge of Rock's explosion into always playing the same role, and I don't care because, you know, it's just fun. Like, who also, cares? God, could you have picked a worse a worse example? You're like, oh, I'm so excited for this movie. I need my Doom moment. I'm like, the, the movie? The Doom moment where it goes first person and he does the Doom video game that thing. I would. is terrible. It's, it's so great. bad. It is, but it's great. And I really hope that this movie just does a little something, like a little turn-based moment, just a little tactical camera something. That makes you go, hey, they're taking turns. <laughs> I straight up want a scene where they just, they, I don't know, someone gets smacked on the head and they cut to all of the main characters at a table with like 70s wooden, just just do a one-off gag. I don't care. Just go full, because there's two types of D&D groups, right? You have the ultra serious, like Lord of the Rings fan D&D group, and you have, if you've ever played D&D with me, where everyone's cracking jokes, you're partially drunk for, through most of it, and it's you're you're just having a good time. It's just an excuse to be a, a big dork, and that, that they seem to be leaning more into that side of things, like the just just having a good time with your friends in a fantasy environment. And so for me, I'm like, just keep going, just 
really go nuts with it. Go full meta if you want. I don't, or if, and if we don't get it in this one, I hope it's successful enough that we get Dungeons and Dragons two colon meta where they they really just lean into it. Right. You got Chris Pine playing the bard and he's got the little loot in the end. Like there's a, there's some nice nods in here. And yeah, I've, I personally love Hugh Grant. Like, I'm just happy to see him. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad he's still doing stuff. He's an underrated uh, actor, I think, in in our circles. By, by, like, nerd circles, Hugh Grant doesn't get a lot of love. And, yeah, I'm excited to see him in a campy fantasy film. Yeah, and they got, you know, Displacer Beasts and Mimics. Like, they're really selling it hard. And if they can maintain this fun energy for the movie, this isn't just a cut. Which, with Chris Pine kind of doing his thing, it seems like it's just not a cut. It could be. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to check this out. Absolutely. All right. Well, trailer adjacent. Before we left, before we leave the trailer park, Kyle, I do want to ask you if you saw the logo wall for the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 5. What? I, uh, you, the list of promises, they've been good on their promises, actually. So I, I don't think it's a lie, but it's hard to pay attention. Uh, how much of this is Disney Plus and how much of it is movie movie? I thought the image notated. Yes, there is a Disney Plus logo on the ones that are Disney Plus. Now, there's not a super high quality version of this that I was able to find, but uh, Secret Invasion, Echo, obviously Loki season two. Ironheart, Agatha, and Daredevil are Disney Plus. Your Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Marvels, Blade, Captain America, New World Order, and Thunderbolts are all films. Oh my god. What what a spattering this is. I do like Ant-Man. I like Ant-Man. Okay, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, this is the game I want you to play, Kyle. You get two. You get you get two. Tell me the thing you're the most excited for on the logo wall, and the thing you couldn't give less of a shit about on the logo wall. Because the thing I don't give a shit about is anything that has Ant Man in it. Ant Man has a podcast in like the lore. He's like he's like you know broadcasting out. It's kind of cute. I like it. I think I think what's his face is adorable. I love um I like um Michael Douglas. I just like seeing Michael Douglas do things. Listen, it's if it's on and I'm on an airplane, I will happily watch Ant-Man. That's how I've watched the first Ant-Man, and I highly recommend it. Uh, I went to the theaters to see the sequel, and I was just like, I want my, I don't want my money back, but I just wish I had just waited to watch it at home. Sure. It's not that big of a deal for me. Uh, you know, I like, I like everyone that's in it, but just, you know. I like Paul Rudd. Yeah, I like Paul I like Rudd. I like Paul Rudd, too. I just like him more when he's hanging out with the Avengers than when he's in his own adventure. Fair, fair. And that's how I feel about the Hulk. I do not care about anything really Hulk related. Well, that's how the MCU feels about the Hulk. Cause they're not making Hulk movies. No, they are making what, uh, the, 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 the attorney at law. Oh, she Hulk on Disney. Yeah. Plus. Oh, that's a Disney plus a series. Okay. Not a movie. Well, he's in it. He's in it. He is. Yeah. Which I'm excited. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to She-Hulk. I know it got some, it got, some, it got a hard time because of the visuals. I thought the visuals weren't that bad. They were fine. Yeah. Huh. She, it, it, I, uh, I, I am of the belief that the, the Bruce Banner Hulk is easier to make realistic because he's got stubble on his face and you can, we've really perfected CG stubble. And then you've, you've got She-Hulk who doesn't have stubble on her face. She has a very smooth face and it's just going to make it look a little faker because it's such a 
her, it's such a saturated shade of green. Anyway, I digress. I wasn't, I didn't come here to defend She-Hulk, but I am excited. <laughs> I am excited for She-Hulk. Um, so Ant-Man and Wasp is the thing that I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't need to see that. But what's, what are you excited for? Is Ant-Man the top of your list? You're going to look at this no, wall no. and you're going to, you're going to claim Ant-Man? Uh, oh man. Uh, morbid curiosity, I think is taking the lead for whatever blade is going to be. Those movies are mired in production issues of the past with Wesley Snipes and all that business. I really like the old Blade movies. Uh, thought Wesley Snipes was, was good in the role for for that aesthetic. Like movies were very different back when the original Blade trilogy came out. However, at its time, it was pretty. It was pretty ahead of its time. You know, we weren't. Batman was in shambles after Burton left, and you know, hero movies just weren't that good. But now we've got, uh, I always mispronounce this wonderful actor's name, Marshall, uh, Marshala Ali. Great actor. Oh, did, He's playing Blade. Blade. Yes. Oh. Yes, he is the new Blade, and that excites the crap out of me. I'm excited to see a Blade that isn't overly mired in Matrix aesthetics. Ooh, that's a really good point, yeah, because because that, that Blade trilogy definitely is... Uh, a product of its time. We'll yes. just say that. It's a little camera spinny. It's a little both turn into graphicsy. And I like two. Like I love the darkness of two. Uh I don't there's of course story issues where just like uh Whisper, is that his name? It's not Wesker, but Whisper, um is that his, is that his name actually? Is it was actually Whisper? No, if you're asking right. me if I know the name of any character in Blade other than Blade, I cannot help you. Hang on. Blade came out in 1998. When was The Matrix? 1999. Oh, Blade was actually before The Matrix. And I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have either. Man, New Line Cinema was going nuts back then. I they made it. a lot of my favorite movies during that era. I love New Line. Absolutely love them. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. The, the live mask. action Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The, oh, they did the Mortal mask. Kombat. Yeah, they did Mortal Kombat, Austin Powers, Blade, Rush Hour, The Lord of the Rings, uh, Sex in the City, Hobbit. <laughs> they go downhill a bit from Wait, there. Wait, was that was that Sex in the City colon Hobbit? Because that is a movie I would watch. They read they oh, New Line did it. I like those new it movies. I like the first one. Yeah, the second one's really messy. The second one does not. It does not. The, the, the only part about that I like is Bill Hader, which I like Bill Hader in mm. everything. So. I, I, the idea of it is strong enough that I enjoy the second one, but I, if you told me which one do I want to watch, I would definitely play video games through the second one. I, I, I think the first one is like a, is a, a damn near perfect, like horror adventure movie. I love that movie. Yeah. All right. So you, you got to pick here, man. You got to pick. You can't, you can't just sit here and, and start the new line cinema podcast and, and during our first trailer park. <laughs> no, stop it. What's your answer? Guardians of the Galaxy is the most reliable. I'm excited for that one. Mm. I want I want more of that party in space. Uh, Thor, you know, being himself up there with the crew. Looks good. Looks fun. I'm pretty damn excited for that one, too. I am one of those weirdos that uh, loves Guardians 2. What? That's a weird thing to do? It's a great. Of, a lot of people are like, I don't like that one. And I'm like, dude, it's one of my favorites. Um yeah, when I get into it, so I'm a, I'm I'm adopted. So the whole theme of two with like the adopted dad and then like the the biological father, like oh man, yeah, like that. 
that that hit me in a way that like no like found family movie ever has. There was just something about the way that Guardians Two tells that story that really resonates with me on a, a personal level. But it's the heart. Every comedy needs heart, just as every action movie needs horror. Like you gotta have a balance, otherwise your movie's just silly. Yeah, yeah. But the other big thing about three is that it's the end of James Gunn and his his Guardians films. He's done after this. Oh, right. Which makes me yeah. wonder, like, are they going to kill off or exit a good chunk of the Guardians also? That'd be weird. They have a lot well, to do in the, after Endgame. In the comics, there's been a lot of various Guardians of the Galaxies. Yeah, true. Well, Guardians. You know, there's been a lot of people that have right, been the title have formed yeah. that group. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, people come and go much like the Avengers actually, but they're just their own weird, you know, intergalactic version. So uh, I'm very excited for that too. And I love me some Loki, but, um, as someone who is very bummed about some decisions that were made on another streaming service, I am so hyped for daredevil born again that I, I really struggle to find words. I cannot tell you how much I love that original suite of Netflix Marvel shows. I couldn't get over how useless his companions were for such an effective hero. He <laughs> surrounded himself with absolute just filler I, in his I life. I disagree because half of his friends... You know, before they found out he was Daredevil, they were there for the the, the other half of his life, the, his life as a lawyer, and he needed them there. He had his his lawyer, his partner in his practice, and then eventually they get their secretary. She's so more involved in that, but she starts as secretary. I started rewatching it recently, and I'm not that far in, so I forget what her official title becomes later. But that worked for that because half of Matt Murdock's life is being a lawyer, and then the other half, what the only other person he adopts is is a, a freaking medic which he needs that makes all the sense of the world. You That's get fair. stabbed and shot and beat half to death. You need someone to sew you up. It was one of the first movies to do that more gritty superhero life. That wasn't, you know, heroes or any of those sort of heavy, heavy melodramas. Yeah. And, and heroes never got violent enough for my liking. Like it tried to do the dark thing <laughs> and, yeah, that, fair, and then yeah. it, it really pulled its punches. Cause I mean, it was on network TV. Um, do you like the boys? I hear a lot about the boys. I love the boys. You, I don't think you'd like it. It's probably not. It's extremely dark dramatic kind of in the way that like a breaking bad is. However, we mentioned Carl Urban. I think it might legitimately be the best thing he's ever done. He's so good in it. He's um, dread. Dread might be the best thing that Carl Urban ever did. That dread movie is stupid. Good. It's fantastic. There's no reason for it to be that great. No, it's got a, Game of Thrones, what's her face being weird in the hotel yep. or a, apartment complex. It's yep. just, it's such a black box. Like <laughs> choose a space. This is where everything's going down. You don't need to know the world outside. Cause this is literally where we're staying. And I love it. Yep. So anyway, daredevil's my answer. Love that. Please God bring back the Punisher. Those two Punisher seasons are freaking incredible. I need Frank castle back in my life. Please. So what's me. your, what's your do not care. Oh, I already said Ant-Man. Oh, 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 I thought you were just joshing me. No, I, I do were... not. I, I'm, I will, oh, I will damn. probably, I will probably wait to watch that until it's on Disney plus and I am sick. That's how much you, I you literally care. have 
all these words that make no sense and you choose one of the known that's, that's quantities why I'm to throw in the trash. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm more excited for those than I am for Ant-Man because I know what I'm getting with Ant-Man, which is like Paul Rudd's going to be funny and the adventure is going to be not all that memorable. Watch this movie come out and like totally blow minds and I'm right. You you want a loot box. You want a loot box. This business, you like surprise mechanics with whatever echo and secret invasion. Echo's the villain from Hawkeye or well, anti-hero from Hawkeye who I liked and daredevil's going to be an echo. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Ironheart. I haven't, I actually haven't looked in Ironheart at all. I'm assuming it's an Iron Man spinoff, which just means I'm more interested in Ant-Man. I'm a little more interested. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's true. Uh, Captain America, New World Order. I just have no idea where they're going with this. I didn't particularly love uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I think their scenes together were great. Uh, What's, uh, is it Anthony Mackie? His alone, when he's alone, I just don't find him all that interesting. I love him when he's playing off of, I'm forgetting names, Sebastian Stan. They have a really good chemistry. Yeah. But I don't love him when he's just kind of off doing his own, like, trying to be inspirational thing. It just doesn't work. No, when they brought in the scientists, like, it, it got interesting with the three of them going, but... I just, I love the plight of the Winter Soldier so much. I really wanted to zero on that, particularly when he was like trying to date. Like, I just wanted more Winter Soldier eating sandwiches on the street kind of business. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Thank you. And because Anthony Mackie, he's good at the comedy bits, and there was so little of him being funny in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, I don't know. Maybe now that they got that out of the way, maybe he'll be able to come into his own and, and be fun. Because you kind of need to poke fun at Captain America because it's just such an absurd hero. It's America's ass. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I have no idea what Thunderbolts is. I have absolutely no clue, but just by sheer not knowing what it is, I'm more excited about that than I am Ant-Man. Damn. All right. Damn. Also, I kind of like Captain Marvel, man. I like that movie. I think that's that's a sleeper one for me. That is one I have gone back and watched more than once, which I can't say the same for a lot of Marvel movies. You know, I'm, there is a natural curiosity that will lead me to watch things before Loki. I think Loki's trash. Oh, I hate you. Loki I, is I, probably the number two for me. I did not want to sit down and listen to that episode or two long lecture about why things are the way they are. Like, holy crap. What a waste of my time. You're an unhinged monster person. Also, Loki is the best Disney Plus show so far. Hard disagree. Well, Hard disagree. for MCU, I think Mandalorian season one is the best Disney Plus show so yeah, far. Yeah, that's, 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 true. that's true. Wow, we're we're so diametrically opposed. So yeah, my favorite MCU show so far is Loki. Uh, you know, it might be Hawkeye. Hawkeye impressed the shit out of me. I didn't think there was any way to make that show good, and it was very good. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, you're... I, I, I have no common ground with you on your Loki opinion. <laughs> and that's why it's a podcast. <laughs> so you're going to go with Loki season two, huh? Yeah. All yeah, right. Absolutely. We're both hurting each other today. We're, okay. we're starting this podcast with blood. That's great. I think we'll, you know, we'll get, I think we'll get along in our next segment. All right. Great. I want to, I want to hear what your plan. So let's get into it. Kyle, what you been playing this week? Actually, I, past couple of weeks, as I was uh, I was in the Florida Keys, and you got up to some business outside of Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes, I picked up a 2018 game called God of War on Steam, and 
I love it. Holy crap. I don't know how I didn't hear about this movie. I don't know if everyone just made space around me. Did you call it a movie? Excuse me. Well, actually, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's very pretty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But this game, I love God of War 1, 2, 3. Yeah, I've got my problems, like Zeus just farting off in 2. I'm so excited about this. I can't believe you're finally playing this damn thing. I don't, like, I never heard anything about it. I fully assumed that God of War 2018 was a branding decision. Like they're just like, let's just pick up people and move them around and we'll and we'll recast the character and we'll pick them up and we'll put them in in the Thor land and we'll capitalize on Thor's popularity and it's just it's just brand new. Here you go, PlayStation exclusive. And silence. Maybe it's because it's like uh, it's older, like it's violent and it's you know parental and a coming of age or it's an emotional it was story. A massive meme, boy. Constantly, yeah, everywhere, I saw the boy all stuff. the time, dude. Like it, it was a massive hit. Every in my, I saw it everywhere. I ta- saw it talked about constantly, which is why I went and got it because I don't really give a shit about God of War. I played the first one. I thought it was fun enough at the time. I was still close enough to puberty that nudity in my video game was mildly interesting. And after that, I never played a God of War game again. But this game's incredible. Like, it's absolutely incredible. And the only reason I played it when it originally came out was because of the buzz on social media. I saw th- I saw the boy memes. And, and to be honest, you'd understand the boy meme if you were 90% of players, apparently, that equip their first item here on Steam. Like, I don't know how these achievements get their data, but the idea that only 71% of people ever visited a dwarf is mind-blowing. 30% of people started up this game and said, meh, not really. But, uh, I, don't feel, I don't I don't feel like it. They also may have may they may have already played it. They may be just one of those like added onto the Steam pile people. Maybe yeah, maybe like you play is this on like PlayStation Network? Could you do it through subscription service? As a matter of fact, like, I, wanna... I think it's permanently a part of PS Plus. If you have a PS Plus subscription, I do believe this is part of it. I think they call okay, it the, so, yeah. the PlayStation Collection. So maybe it's that own feeling of ownership and you know Steam where you don't really own anything. I, but, I know, have a physical disc of this game. I bought it and yeah. played it on, it was a PS4 game. It's beautiful for being four years old. And so much has impressed me about it. I, I went straight to Wikipedia just to find out if it was its own engine, which it was. Like, this is the God of War unnamed engine. Because when those rocks start cracking b- below this guy. You can't win. I feel nothing. <laughs> that weirdo. He's he, so good. He's he is capturing. Like you want to know what the hell is going on in this world. It's a beautiful game. The dynamic of like Kratos's hand hovering over his son's back. I just got to this last night. I'm I'm six hours in, and his overwhelming concern when his son's hearing voices. Like just the look on his face when his son isn't watching him. There's so much wonderful acting done in here. But from the outside. I saw something completely different. I saw a branding decision and I saw a change of actor, which sadly is actually due to what I researched, the actor's height. Like they wanted to, they wanted to recast the old Kratos actor, but they realized that he wouldn't motion capture correctly for how big they needed Kratos to be compared to boy who was already cast. Uh, yeah, I know he was recast and, and no shade on OG Kratos, but the Kratos we got in 2018, it's so good. It is such a good performance. 
it uh, he's like uh, this is uh, I need to get his name. He is I think it was Stargate, right? Like all right, I've I've acquired IMDb pages, Kyle. Christopher Judge is now the voice of Kratos, famously of Stargate SG1. Played uh, Tilk, Tilsi. I I haven't seen enough. I never, I never watched it. I, I you know him though when you see him. Like he he was the face of Stargate SG One. Yeah, he, he's just unforgettable looking dude. He's he's and he's I mean he's tall too, which is you know gets into the mocap there. But he's also the voice of uh, you know Kratos now, and was apparently a mercenary security number four in Batman Begins or Dark Knight Rises. Perfect. Sorry, this was also reasons. directed by the God of War 2 director, who is the lead animator on God of War. So they put so much effort into this game to transform it from the third person dance mashup and action RPG that was into this more, I mean, honestly, Last of Us kind of style game. Devil May Cry adjacent is how I think of the original. Yeah, God that's of a good way to think that, of that. That locked camera, you know, dual stick action hack and slash with the dedication to juggle. Like the, the whole yep. point to stay alive was to juggle and block effectively. And in this like third person style, which like Arkham city, Batman or any of those, he takes up a third of the screen. It doesn't seem like it should be possible, but it works. Like you juggle the block feels amazing. It does the big block. Sound we all know. Of, well, we all know. First episode of podcast. I know, and you will all listening learn very soon. Kyle is all about a good block and or parry. I love it, and I love the Golden Fleece from God of War and that original run. Do, I just how satisfying is it to recall your axe? That is not. It took some finger gymnastics. I had to figure it out a little bit, but now that I'm getting going, particularly when it trips it somebody on the callback, that was just a trigger. But, like you pull a trigger, well, yeah, and it just whoop, comes back. But you got you, you you throw it with one of the two different trigger buttons, and then you got to press Y, and then your shield is on the same trigger as you're prepared to throw. So there's a little bit of like just memory going oh, in, gotcha, in gotcha, there. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's clunky at first, but it's becoming more fluid, and as that axe has become more interesting with like breaking the tentacle kind of puzzles, which man, in in a world that has games like Batman. Arkham Asylum and stuff where just it wouldn't stop telling you how to do stuff. Ubisoft games are so awful at this. Like everything you come up with, like, oh, hey, welcome to the tutorial for using your axe. Like this game just like does it. You just solve puzzles because you, there's a button to press and your brain goes, that would make sense. And then it evolves on making sense. But it still has that action and quality that I expected from God of War with lots of nice nods. I was still convinced this was a branding thing. Even with Kratos standing there with his beard, it's a little longer, but still Kratos. You know, he's got the the paint on him. He's still kind of pale from the ashes that may have stuck to him. But I was like, eh, this is just this is just a character. But when it popped up, when you were fighting that guy with Spartan's rage, has he I, has he been named yet? Because I know the guy's name, and I'm I'm purposely no, no, he not was mysterious. Yeah, he was okay. mysterious stranger or something like that. Still for me. Well, don't go look it up. Don't go look up the voice actor because you'll get spoiled. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the voice actor is a lovely man named Jeremy Davis. Uh, and I want to know, have you ever watched Justified? Is that the one on the bikes? Bikes? No, just yeah. a, Justified was a uh, a TV show that was, it was basically a Western. It just happened to be set in the modern day. It was about a U.S. Marshal played by Tele- Timothy Oliphant in like the Kentucky Hills. 
Were and there monsters? Then no, there were no monsters. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't see it. <laughs> I, I thought you liked westerns, so I thought maybe you would have given it a shot. But I do like westerns. I like like No Country for Old Men. It is and, a uh, legitimate western. There just happens to be cell phones, uh, and it's okay. very good. And it got to run its full course and come to a very satisfactory, uh, very satisfying conclusion. But Jeremy Davies is a recurring character. He is <laughs> like a drug peddling hillbilly. And that is the voice of that villain. And he, oh my God, the, talk about a dude with range. I thought he sounded familiar when I originally started playing this game. I was like, is this, is this the, I think his name is Dewey <laughs> in Justified. I'm like, is this Perfect. Dewey? And I go look him up and sure enough, Jeremy Davies. Love this uh, guy. He, he is uh, grading during that entire fight. Like, and you are throwing people through the mountains and running amok. And, that graphical engine's capabilities to do that and to sort of there's a little there's sometimes some little jumps but for the most part it's pretty organic if you get the boss down to a point where it's time to kill him you're there the old game would kind of like like shift you over half a mile so you'd be in the middle of the arena for the event it's surprisingly organic but that spartan rage popping up any sort of quick time event just takes me back his scar down his belly from the blade of Olympus where Zeus stabbed him in, I think it was the beginning of three. Just fabulous. You have a hell of a journey in front of you, dude. I'm, I'm so excited. I am so relieved that you like it. I was worried. I was legitimately worried because I know you love the original trilogy and this is such a departure gameplay wise, but I'm, I'm glad that you are picking up on all of this because I picked up on some of it. Not even play the other two games. <laughs> And, it's wonderful. Yeah, dude, there's so many moments in the, they go back to, I'll, I'll just say they go back to the history of where this game comes from multiple times and it never feels like fan service. It feels like an important movement forward in the story. It's very, it's so well put together. It's kind of how we always talk about final fantasy 14, where we talk about how the fit and finish on that game is just, on a level beyond what most games accomplish. That's, that's how I feel about God of war 2018. It is just like a perfectly crafted piece. Well, and like this, and we will go this home, boy. What? To give up this easily when you're prompting him so close to the start, the boy really acts and it's very easy to, for a lot of people to be like, ah, the kid ruined the movie. Like the kid's doing it. He is, he is performing. He is adding so much to the level of Kratos. Like Kratos's overwhelming sadness and grief that he buries in, you know, ladies on the boat at the beginning of one does not communicate until you're defending the ghost of your family at the very end of the game. And even then, like the, the game is, is absurd, the original run. But it just gives such a ridiculous, even this early on, I've heard people be like, you're a dad, it's going to be nuts for you. Uh, but it just adds so much heart and organicness to the how you discover things. I love that Kratos can't read. I can't, you gotta get boy to read everything. And yeah, Kratos shouldn't be reading Jack. He ain't got time to read. And even and if so, he could, he's not even where he is from. He wouldn't right. know the language. So in that way, they maintain the overly outrageous characterization of Kratos while grounding him in an emotional basis. He's also so he's fish still, out of water the whole time. Right, exactly. So he's still that, that absolute wild muscle bound naked man from one, two and three. 
But now with a kid, he's taken care of with a wife that just died and everything just gives him so much purpose and place that you can have this emotional journey without it being stilted or like we're copying or we're copying Last of Us, everybody. Here we go. Like, yeah. That's kind of the problem with like Isaac Clark or Tomb Raider. Like their their journey often is like how awful it is, like how many spears they take through their leg. And you're just like, geez, stop beating the crap out of Isaac Clark. Like just stop hitting him in the face. Don't don't penetrate his eye with a needle like we don't need to see this like have a character and then we'll then we'll respect your plight not how much pain you're in all the time <laughs> yeah well and and unto that that villain is so much into like they, they get into the pain thing there or i guess lack of and that yeah. actor just does such a good job of just i buy that this is some dude that's just like kind of wishes he could die <laughs> Granted, it does kind of remind me of uh, Diamonds Are Forever. If <laughs> you ever saw that awful Pierce Brosnan, uh, James Bond movie. J- Diamonds Are Forever is a Sean Connery. Oh, is it? Okay, the guy takes a grenade of diamonds to the face. What's the... Oh, that's one with Halle Berry, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I forget I... which one that... I, I know, I only really like GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies for the Pierce Brosnan ones yeah, the, it's not the world is not enough i'm, I'm gonna find this uh oh my, it is literally the last one which is is bad that movie is bad yeah where the guy has to go in he doesn't sleep and that's why he's so good at things and he can't feel pain because like his face got replaced isn't the 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 um fencing scene is kind of fun oh and that's the other thing about god of war that's really fabulous which is totally cheating because like you know spielberg had to work really hard and and directors have to work really hard to do single shot cinema but the fact that the whole game is shot as a single shot is really artistically pleasing. Yep. By the way, Just, it's Die Another Day. How could we confuse that with the plethora of other James Bond movies that sound nothing like that? And now I'm just Googling Diamonds Are Forever to make sure I was not wrong and that it is a Sean Connery film. And I am vindicated. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I am and they go, vindicated. Like the ice fortress. Like it's, it's wacky. It's wacky. I like most Bond movies to, to die another day is dumb. It's a bad. No, it, it's very dumb. Tomorrow never dies. It's, I, I, I like the villain of like the CNN director who creates his own news. That it tickles me. Jonathan Price, who ended oh, up yeah. being the. Yeah. Which is why I'm laughing because you said CNN. I'm like, it's Jonathan Price. This is as British as it could be. It's basically like an evil British. Okay, yeah, evil BBC then. Very well. But, you know, like uh, the Jonathan Price, uh, the pigeon in Game of Thrones. Or, uh, and he also does the fabulous what, what's this, the gen, the governor in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Is he a governor? Is that who he is? Yeah, he's the. Is he a governor? Because the commissioner, maybe he's not the. He's not a boatman, but he's there on the boat getting attacked by the disembodied hand. I think he is in the a governor. Nice, in the nice little moment of uh, almost uh, Evil Dead. Governor Swan. Yeah, Governor Swan. Yeah, Governor Swan. Yeah, Governor Swan. Hey, I got it. I got yeah. it. You were correct. Sorry. I digress. Anyways, I'm glad you're enjoying that. I, while I was on vacation, installed Final Fantasy Tactics on my iPhone. Because we recently did the first of three wings of Ivalice. There's three wings, right. yes. Yeah. Uh, in Final Fantasy 14, and apparently that is a whole shit ton of Final Fantasy Tactics references. I think also Final Fantasy 12. I want to say people have told me I haven't played 12. Don't know. But I digress. Um, I've restarted the game like six times. That game is impenetrable. 
<laughs> like difficulty, like you're putting your points in the wrong attributes kind yes, of thing. Yes. Yes. Um, it's so I, I really like it. I like the combat. It's grid based combat, which I love. I love grid based tactics games, even though I don't play a lot of them. My favorite is XCOM. I mean, this is very different from XCOM. More like Advance Wars is yeah, what it looks like. Uh, a bit. Yeah. A bit Advance Warsy. I think even like back in the day when I got my first emulator, I played a, a grid based Tenchi Muyo game. If anyone knows what the hell that was, mm. uh, beat it somehow, even though it was in Japanese. I don't know. Anyway, well done. I got very excited about emulators and playing Japanese games at a certain point in my young life, but I digress. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, you, Hey, you know what I would really love for this? Ubisoft style teach you how to friggin' play the game because, <laughs> because boxes. your only option is jump in completely blind or attend a multi-hour class that is the tutorial <laughs> at the beginning of this game. Those are your two options. Tutorial is huh. a menu option when you start up the game and it literally goes through every single thing you could ever possibly click on as its own entry in the tutorial. And after 20 minutes and barely getting through how to mess with your party, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to just start playing the game and figure it out, which is also, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> Right. You need have some a bad time. You need some ground. Like they gotta at least get you in the control scheme. I like it when games drop you in and it just kind of hovers up at the bottom. Control stick to move. And so you start moving around yeah. and that goes press A to open the box. And then once you have a ground for what you're supposed to be doing, then it can do like a Ubisoft jump up and like, hey, by the way, when you press A to open something, you can also use your tab to like blah 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 and move with the things and and then and then you can pick up things and put the can in the trash in the in the half life beginning pick up our anyway, I, I it i really want to beat this game um when when it is working for me i really like it but there's so many systems that i feel like i don't understand and i even went up i started like googling i watched some youtube videos dude like there's like min maxing your party with zodiac signs and the only way to see in game like what zodiacs go together is like I think it's in the tutorial in the menu. I don't think there's a way to go see it when you're actually in the game itself. I could be mistaken, but there's no, you can't see it while you're building your party. Oh. <laughs> That's my point. There's nothing in the actual party UI that says, Hey, that, uh, that symbol doesn't go well with that symbol. There's none of that. You just, there's a pie chart somewhere completely else in the game that you need to go to look. And then you need to try and remember. And it's every real Zodiac sign. So it's that many damn symbols and some pair with some and some don't pair with others. And they, for some reason, thought back on PS1 days that you could retain that information and then go build a party. It's uh, deeply upsetting. I also wonder how much of that is just a fandom that you're absorbing way too far after the fact. Like, it's really hard for older games in particular to find good starting advice because naturally older fans are going to be like, you need to know a Zodiac signs because you're going to be unoptimized when you get there. Whereas naturally a learning curve looks more like play first and come back, you know, pause, pause right now and then go dig up this guide later on. Yeah. Yeah. So like, cause I eventually started, like I immediately started assigning jobs and then I found out like, kind of like Pokemon, if you kept them as their starting job, which I think is a squire, you you'll learn pretty important moves that you oh, wouldn't no. learn if you assigned a job to them. So that's why I've yeah. restarted a few times. So, and anyway, I, I, it plays pretty well, but I like it enough that I, I think I want to play it like with a controller on something. I don't, uh, I almost 
I almost want to start searching on eBay for a PSP because apparently that's a lot of people believe that's the best way to play this game. And I used to have a PSP and I loved it. And this is a, a horribly convenient excuse for me to go PSP hunting. Huh? I'd be curious. Maybe you should go back to ogre battle. I've heard good things about that one. And that was the precursor to this. So maybe final fantasy tactics is not only branded on top of ogre battle in that way, but it's an advancement of that tactical system. So you're basically playing a game that many people already played. Like, um, there's a bunch of bunch of these old ones, but I think ghosts and goblins being one of the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I want to, I want to experience a, a different final fantasy game because I've, I've never really been about FF games except for kingdom hearts. And I'm really enjoying final fantasy 14. I want to expose myself to more from the final fantasy catalog. And I like this enough that like, I think if I was playing it at home and I could have a second screen easily, to like look stuff up and kind of guide myself through the game that I would have a really good time with it. Sure. No, this is a really good couch game. By the look of it, I, I broke my arm three times growing up, which granted in my younger years, you know, three months was a pretty big amount of time. Nowadays I'm like, Oh, my arm's only broken for a month. That sounds pretty solid. Like <laughs> that'll go by fast. But I played a lot of tactics games during those times. Cause they were good on N64 one handed. I remember trying to play my Sega Genesis after I got two of my fingers run over by ice skates. It was hard. Oh, it's very difficult. Ooh. I don't talk about that often. Yeah. Doc, no, doctor, no, that's, that's brutal. Once I got stitched up, the doctor said I was lucky to still have those two fingers. It's, that's Ooh. how deep it was. Have you ever looked at your own bone, Kyle? No, uh, I have. No, I, no, I, I looked at my, on my left hand, my, the, I got to see the bones in my index and middle finger. Oh, that's how much it split the skin back. It was wild. Sorry, everybody. If you're squeamish. I apologize. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I apologize. Enough. I apologize. Uh, I'll apologize further by uh, taking your questions. Let's get to Q and a. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. You can send your emails to feedback at startgrindinggear.com Or if you're supporting us on Patreon, which remember, you can always go Find our Patreon at supportourbromance.com. We've got a members-only chat channel, and we've got questions for the host right there. You can drop questions in there. We'll pull them out and answer them here on the podcast when we have time. Winston did just that and wants to know what our biggest pet peeves in video games are that sour our experiences. I would like to say bad tutorials. (laughs) That's fair. Can't even get in the door. Yep. I either uh, too long, not long enough. I I typically get annoyed at invasive tutorials where they either overstay their welcome or they are far too detailed without actually letting you play the game itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's always weird too. When you get deep in a game, like three, four through and a fresh tutorial, a new mechanic is introduced. Yeah, that doesn't bother me as much. That doesn't bother me as much. You're, I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) No, I'm not going to say anything, but I hate bad block mechanics most, most of all. And it's such a huge pet peeve of mine. Uh, Star Wars, like Star Wars, God of War, like God of War, Forced Unleash is unplayable. And it was back in the day because of it's a horrible block mechanic with no feedback and just, frankly, just awful, awful. 
execution. Those games are terrible. They're borderline unplayable. I was so excited for the first one. Um, it's the first time in my life I remember buying a video game and having buyer's remorse. Yeah, that first boss was hard and not in any sense of a good way. Yeah, I beat the game, but I remember, I think the original release of The Force Unleashed, the final fight, which was Vader, was bugged. And so I had to use a cheat to actually finish the game. Oh, wow. Yeah, like you got to a point, you could get stuck in a point where like health was low, but you just couldn't deal any more damage. And so you couldn't end the fight. That game is terrible. So bad. So bad. Yeah. I'm, go with the, I'm trying to think outside of tutorials because that's just fresh in my mind because of Final Fantasy Tactics, but it's usually unique to the game. Like, it's funny you mentioned Force Unleashed because that's such a high on my list of worst games I ever played. And and for me, it was that scene where you pull the Star Destroyer down. The controls were horrible. Yeah, it was, it was hard to do that, too. It took you like half an hour. Yeah, it completely ruined the, like, cool factor of that moment, which is how they sold the game. It was part of, like, the advertising for that game. And then you get to it was that the moment. Set and you're just, like, massaging your joysticks, and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Well, there's that brief you know, beginning where you're grabbing stormtroopers, you're feeling extremely powerful, you're making way through the base, the Imperial base, and it, it just feels good. Like, it, it seems like you're about to have a wonderful Star Wars experience, and it all falls apart from there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes me mad. Also, even though one of my favorite games of all time suffers from this, I don't love when your character has momentum. Like, What's your favorite game of all time? There? Well, one of my favorite games, which is the both Red Dead Redemptions. So all Rockstar games have this, where the character you're controlling, like, can't really turn on a dime. Like, you know, they 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 prioritize their animation over fluidity of controls. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I really love mm. those games. But how many damn times I've accidentally just walked off a cliff because I thought my character would turn fast enough. Uh, That always annoys me in in Rockstar games. When the enemies suffer from the same thing, it's not that bad. So like Dark Souls, I love Dark Souls games. That block mechanic would be bad, but the enemies are as clunky as you are. So the fact that you can't interrupt your own attack with a block doesn't bother me. Whereas in like God of War, that was one of the first things I tested in 2018. I needed to know if I was mid-swing, I could put up my shield. And I can. I can just stop swinging instantly, graphically. It doesn't work. Like, yeah, Kratos should be able to put up a shield. I don't care. I need to block this weird bug man's attack right now. He's basically a god. I think he can move that fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. That game has some of the tightest, some of my favorite controls. That game. Man. I might reinstall that on my PS5. I bet it runs real nice. Do it. Yeah. We'll we'll be talking about more. I'm going to do that whole thing. Magua. A patron of ours wrote in and said, what aspect of a game do you prioritize most when finding a game to play? Campaign, co-op, multiplayer, PvP, competition, etc." Ooh, it depends on the game. Sure. Depends on the Campaign's game. really up there, though. Like, I, yeah. Overwatch was unapproachable because of the lack of campaign. Yeah, but that's also just because I kind of don't love that type of shooter. I'm not a big TF2 fan. I liked Overwatch when it originally came out, but really, if I'm being honest, it was more fun because everyone and my mom was playing that game. Like, everyone. Yeah. It was a social event. I used to paintball when I was a kid. It was just like going paintballing with your buddies. It's like, whatever. 
It's my favorite thing in the world. Actually, at the time, yeah, I was very invested in paintball at the time. <laughs> but Overwatch, it was fun enough. And then as some friends left, I was just like, oh, it's just kind of the same game forever. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, but yeah, campaign's a big one for me. College, in college, co-op was a big part of it. And actually now as I'm, I'm getting a little older, co-op's becoming important again. Um, right, because game time's becoming planned again. It and is. so you plan it out with your friends, you schedule your life, and there are games on my Steam list that have very few hours played, but I tell you, are some of the best times I've ever had. Yeah, and 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 honestly, like our main focus right now in Final Fantasy fourteen is getting through the MSQ and experiencing that story, which really isn't a co-op experience, but I'm really enjoying our co-op experience of going through that at the same time. It's like we have, we're a book club of two. And that's also yeah. cool. That's also really cool. Cause Katie and I played a lot of Swo Tour together back in the day when it was a, a newer actually when it was a new game, it was before its first expansion. And you don't affect each other's choices really when you're going through the store together. And when you do class missions in Swo Tour, your partner straight up can't up can't join you. But we still had such a good time playing through that MMO together. So yeah, I'd say co-op's a big part. Like campaign. That's why I love Halo so much. I think Halo is some of the best shooter campaigns this side of Half-Life. Latest Halo campaign was freaking fantastic. If you had any interest ever to play one of these phantasmophobia games that are all the rage on Steam. There's uh, a new one up right now on Steam. I just opened it. No, but I would if you started playing. Okay. Because I think you and me screaming Halloween's coming up. would be a good time. This I'm, one's Ghost Watchers. It's on the main page right now. It, I, it looks horrifying. I, Phasmophobia, I think, was the original one that everyone got yeah, excited about. Yeah, that's the one that really spawned the whole thing. Yeah. No, I would play that if, if no other reason, because uh, Katie loves watching me play scary games. I'm a baby when it comes to scary <laughs> games. I love horror movies, and I'm, and I'm a little bit of a baby with those. I can't stand first-person horror games. I go fast. That's my compensation. That's my, what was my crutch. Just, Resident Evil 7? Was that the first of the new Resident Evils? Yeah, the, the Uzi one, the, the Black Mold one. Yeah, that was 7, right? Yes, yes. That game is a triumph. It is one of the best made video games I've ever played. I still haven't beaten it because it scares the shit out of me. Just keep running. That's, like, that's my strategy. Run and gun, you know? And if you keep the action high, you keep running, then it's less scary. Kristen, when she plays horror games, she is laborious. She is slow. She looks in every corner, every door, slowly opens every box, and it just destroys my nerves. I can't watch her play games because she goes so slow and so methodic. And when something scary happens, she's like, well, thank goodness I was going slow. No, I need the opposite. (laughs) You're already just like, ah, you're already yelling. So no one notices that you yelled because something scared you. Exactly. Action yell instead of a scared scream. You know, when I first started riding roller coasters, they actually scared the shit out of me, but I would just yell the whole time. So no one could tell when I was yelling because I was terrified. There you go. Same thing. Now I love them. Can't get enough. Love me some roller coasters. Uh, Valkymer wrote in on Patreon said, what is the first game that you can remember looking up a guide for? What prompted you to do so? Oh, there's multiple here. What is your favorite? Okay. Some of these. Hold on. Oh, I'm going to drop yeah, this yeah, down. We'll, we'll, we'll bite-size doubles. this. Yeah, we'll bite-size this. All right. Um, Ocarina of Time. Yep, that was mine too. 
Maybe Pokemon was, it was, dad, they were so close. I, I don't know what came first, Ocarina of Time or, or Pokemon for me. I got the guide for Pokemon out of like the joy of the collection. I needed Water Temple help and it ended up I had to restart my game. Same. I, I screwed up Silver Water Temple. Key. I had to, yeah. well, I didn't restart the game. Wasn't there a way you could go back and reset? I don't remember. I restarted because I used the key in the wrong place. There may have been a way to get around it, but I didn't know. And the guide said I should have put this key somewhere else and it was over. I know I had a key issue, but I think I, I found a way around it. I definitely didn't restart my game. But I, I, I ran into that key issue in the water temple, but I somehow with the guide, were you a Prima or were you a versus books guy? Prime, the Prima is the red, right? The red yep. bar across the top. Yep. Yeah. Versus yeah, books yeah, doesn't exist anymore. I always got the versus books that they had them because versus books had a bunch of like full spread illustrations in them. And they were gorgeous. Nice. And it was like official art. So yeah. So I'd also sit there with my versus books and draw a uh, link in class. Sure. Really dates as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. Was, uh, that was that. Was that. Yeah, po- it was Pokemon or Ocarina. It was pro- honestly like those two games are like simultaneous in my head for when gaming really went into overdrive as a major por- part of my life. It also wasn't like the internet randomly spoiling th- things for you. So it was very easy to own a guide at the same time as owning a game and only read so far. And I like that era. Yep. Like I had all the guides for Diablo two and all the that's, Starcraft games. And that's why I like podcasts tanks. so much. I loved in school uh, when you'd go to the lunch table and you'd be like, how far did you get in, in Ocarina of Time? And your friend would be like, Oh, I made it to the fire temple. You're like, what the hell is the fire temple? There's a temple of yeah. fire. And, and, and that was it. It was, it was fine to know that, but they wouldn't, you know, they could tell you it wasn't the same. It wasn't a spoilery. Cause you were just like listening to these tales from your friend. And then you got there and you were like, Oh my God, it's the thing that they talked about. It's great. It's like old, uh, vanilla world of Warcraft days when fan sites were barely usable and you would just listen to people in general chat and Stormwind talk about Anixia and you're like level 20 and you're like, what's Anixia? Yeah. What's That's this buff cool I got? Why is there a head on a stake? Like, this is great. This head wasn't here an hour ago. Yeah. Dynamic gameplay, ever-changing world. <laughs> we, we were so young. It took so little to impress us. Yeah. Valkymer wants to know, who was our original video game role model? I didn't really. Oh, no, I did. I did. It was Adam Sessler. On Who's X-Play. That? On G4. Oh, you talking about, yeah, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. I still think they're both awesome, although I haven't seen Morgan. I follow Morgan Webb on Twitter. I haven't heard from her in a while. Anyway, um... Yeah, when I this is a very personal story, but when we, we uh, when I was a kid, I, like I started in the suburbs, and then like right when I was like twelve or thirteen, we moved out to the middle of effing nowhere into this really rural area of Florida. You know, my folks got some land out there, and there you couldn't get cable, so we we got satellite TV, and I got all these weird channels that I'd never seen before, didn't know existed, and one of them was G four. And so, uh, yeah, that was the, you know, this is, we're talking before people made like long form video game content on YouTube. We're talking when YouTube still had a limit to how long your videos could be (laughs) proto YouTube days. So I had never seen entertainment around video games and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so, yeah, I, I really liked X play and I, and I, I really liked their sense of humor, uh, between, Adam Sussler and Morgan Webb and the whole idea of like, and I didn't, I, I, I don't really think about, I didn't really think about this until now. That might be where all this shit comes from for me. The idea of like a video game host was really cool. Hmm. 
I didn't have anything like that. So they, they weren't real people. You know, I, I didn't know their physical being presence or what they even look like. But mine was Chris Metzen, uh, you know, looking in the Warcraft three. It wasn't the guidebook. It was the book, the whole book that came with the game back in the day when you got the battle chest and everything and seeing these in Starcraft Brood War as well. Because I joined a little late, you know, uh, age computer capabilities, all that uh, got in when Brood War was already out. But going through that book and seeing like this crunchy, crunchy drawing of Rainer and the little tiny Chris Metzen name below, I'm like, how did this drawing become these ideas? And they're so pen and paper. They're so Gygaxian. I wasn't playing D&D yet with any sort of uh, great gusto at all at that age. So Chris Metzen was like my original DM. And I was just like, how, who comes up with this stuff? People make games? You don't just play them by Nintendo, quote unquote, like this, con this faceless conglomeration that just releases things. Like a person is capable of having these ideas. I, th I, th I think that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't know about devs really ever. If I did, I'm sure it would have been like Gabe Newell or something. I was obsessed with Half-Life. Still think it's one of the greatest games ever made. It was, I, it was a huge step. And I will still never forgive Valve for not finishing that goddamn game. Aren't they doing an expansion for Alex? They announced at some point. I don't like care because it doesn't Alex take stuff. place after two. Yeah. I, Alex is great. I, I, I own it. I played like two seconds of it. I will get back to it eventually. It is so inconvenient to play a VR game, but yeah, but not yeah. I I need an end, and I know that end leaked, but I want a game. I want to I want to end Gordon Freeman's damn story in a game, and so you know, for all my salt about other game studios, to me there is no game studio more evil than Valve because <laughs> they just, just not do no it. No one has let me down more than Valve. Yeah. Dota 2 was amazing. Dota 2 was a feat of production. Yeah, if you can't tell, I still hold a lot of love. But yeah, if we ever have a, if we ever sit down and have a conversation about most disappointing game studios, Valve will always win for me. Yeah, they got distracted by making all that Steam money. Can't blame them. I but can't blame them. No, but I also don't have to forgive them, and I don't. <laughs> what is the best video game movie? Was Valkymer's last question. Yeah, but what, I guess uh, what movie became a video game or what video game became a movie, right? Like Silent Hill. Ooh, okay. That's the, a the good Silent choice. Silent Hill movie. I love that first Silent Hill movie. It, it is, lost the thread, but it didn't really matter because it was good enough. They do such a good job with the world, man. I, I, can, I can really forgive a lot if your world building is on point and the Silent Hills movie's world building is basically perfect. Mm, I do like Sean Bean, but there's no... It's completely side complaint, but there's no reason for Pyramid Head or the nurses to be in that. That's that's a artifact of their experience in Silent Hill. And they lost that idea with Silent Hill and many of the games since then. Just like uh, not heavy rain downpour lost the thread there, too. Silent Hill is a personification of your own dramas and problems when you arrive in Silent Hill and then Silent Hill manifests those. But the, the, the movie's a lot of fun. And I think that's a really good answer. I played the crap out of the Two Towers game, uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but that's a that's a no, movie-based video around. game. Yeah, I yeah, did too. The way around. I did too. But the Two Towers and Return of the King game are really great hack and slashes. Yeah, yeah. I played the heck out of those. I was really good at Aragorn and Legolas. By the my, end, my Legolas was god tier, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Uh, those games I, are probably terrible I, now. Probably. I have to agree with you, though. Uh, 
A special place in my heart for Mortal Kombat, that original. I watched that a lot. And I played Mortal Kombat a lot on my trampoline growing up. But, you know, that that puts me at that particular age. Yeah, man. Oh, shoot. That's a good that's a good answer, too. That's a really good answer. That's mine. It was a very big deal when my dad took me to go see Mortal Kombat Uh, because I was a not supposed to be playing Mortal Kombat and b my dad still to this day cannot freaking stand going to the movies. (laughs) There is nothing he wants to do less. He hates going to the movies. So anytime I went to the movies as a kid with my dad, it was a really big deal. Uh, and going to see Mortal Kombat, like, I still remember that. Oh, that opening scene, man. God. Oh, that blew my mind. Oh, it's just so creepy. I can still think about sitting in those seats. This is before stadium seating. I'm looking over the adult in front of me trying to see <laughs> the band. Looking for the crack. Yeah. yeah. Luke. <laughs> just, ah. Uh. You would be next. It's so good. Like, it's got, like, Goron's claymation face getting hit in the balls. Like, there's just... Yep. The whole scene with Scorpion in the woods. There's some fun crap in that movie. Yep. That movie's good. I watched it last year. I watched that movie, I'd say, every four years. I watched Mortal Kombat. Reptile scene was fun, full of bugs. Yep. The, the CG does not hold up, but I don't care. No. No. There's a lot of good, um, like, video game adjacent movies, too. Because I, w- I would say, uh, like, uh, the new Jumanji movie is extremely so much better than it should be. Oh, do they go into video game in they that one? Video, thought, so the most oh. recent two, the one with the Rock yeah. and Jack Black, um, the the so the the first one's better than the second, but the second one's not terrible. Um, but yeah, it's a video game. It like updates itself into a retro gaming console, and uh, oh. it's really good if you haven't seen it. Um, might be a little scary for the boyo at the age. There's like there's like the uh, jaguars and stuff that roar. At the oh, sure. Way. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's two and a half. So people talking, he's bored pretty quick. They got to be animals. He, he just for superior love just happened. Spider-Man, Spider-Man's the choice. He wants Spider-Man. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's a Spider-Man kid. Spider-Man and Batman were always my favorite growing up. Yeah. But I had a Batman cape and I wore the heck out of that. I thing. did too. Yeah. Hey man. A Velcro action. I was in Florida though. So I would also add water boots, which I thought was cool. Cause it looked like the rubbery suit from the Tim Burton movie that I probably was water? too young to be watching. Water boots? You mean like rain boots? Yeah, like rain boots. I was called oh, water okay. boots. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I didn't care so much about the rain. It was after the rain. I loved uh, jumping around in the water that filled up in the Florida ditches, all the irrigation okay. in Florida. I loved it. I'd go into the woods and just splash around and get bit up by mosquitoes. It was great. That makes sense. In Florida, the water would last longer than the rain. Here in the Pacific <laughs> yeah. Northwest, the rain lasts longer than the water. Yeah. All right. I got Yep. Yep. Learning a lot about our childhoods here on today's episode. But yeah. I like Jumanji. I love the Tron sequel. I wish they would make more. I don't give a crap about the original Tron. I think it's a borderline unwatchable movie. It's so old and ugly. (laughs) It's weird. It's pacing is of uh, space odyssey levels and it just doesn't spark anything for me. Yep. That new free, the recent free guy movie with Ryan Reynolds was fun. Oh yeah. Actually had funny video game jokes in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some there's some good stuff that isn't based on a video game IP out there. Oh, you know what else was? Detective Pikachu was freaking great. That was decent. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. Also, I have a soft spot in my heart for the very first Resident Evil movie. The rest of them are unwatchable. The first one is like a dungeon crawl, and it's kind of fun. 
Yeah, I don't remember anything. And then she got like superpowers. I think she already had superpowers in one or something, but they like manifested. It doesn't matter. I remember so going messy. to see that second one and oh man, that movie's bad. Yeah. And movie's bad. And every once in a while, you know, you're uh, on hotel TV and like uh, number 17 is on and you're like, oh my God, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And then you, But if Underworld 1 is on, I'm watching that. I like that thing. Oh, yeah, that's not a video game though. No, no, I'm just saying like movies where, you know, people do flips and have two guns. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude. I love the first two Underworld movies. The second one, Marcus (laughs) with the wings. That is such a good monster design. I love that shit. Looks great. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for our first episode of the Grinding Gear podcast. Hope you enjoyed everybody. Keep the emails coming. Feedback at startgrindinggear.com. Or if you're supporting us over at supportourbromance.com on our Patreon, we've got a members only channel for you right there in our Discord. And if you were in our old Into the Nexus Discord and you missed the announcement, we are merging you over into the Grinding Gear Discord and adding a bunch of channels that are not Final Fantasy XIV specific. We're going to just blow that out to be the big community hangout section for if you like what Kyle and me make. That's our home. That's where we're going to live now. It's Good nice home. in there. Come on over. Boy. We are supported by our wonderful patrons. Check it out. Like I said, supportourbromance.com. Kyle, we got so many new patrons from the end of Into the Nexus till now. I was emotional. You got some music for me? We got a lot of names to read. Oh, 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 yeah. Let me, uh, let me, let me, oh, geez. Yeah, I didn't prepare. I, I love, oh, ooh, ooh, there's so many choices. Thank you so much for the support, everybody. It means the world. Uh, thanks, Yak. To Bartleby. Michael H. You rule. Konglore. Konglore. Catherine C. Appreciate the support. Evan M, thank you. Christopher T. Quentin L. Jeffrey, no last name given. Spaceman Spiff. Uh, welcome back, Spaceman Spiff. Ryan M, you rule. Michael W, thank you for the support. Jeremy D, thank you for the dollars. Ollie Martin M, much appreciated. I think that's all Martin, but also thank you to Hayden G. <laughs> Danny P. Noel. Thank you. Noel or Noel D. Daniel M. Thank, thank you for your support. support. And a huge thanks to a very special level that will get thanked each and every episode. Thank you to our legendary level backers, Sean M., Mike R., Zero Lambda, Rowan B., Stephen J., and Ross A. We cannot tell you how much it means to us that a bunch of you signed up when we announced that we were killing the last thing we did and starting a new show that we weren't ready to announce yet. (laughs) Absolute insanity. Appreciate the heck out of everybody who subscribed over on the Patreon. Support our bromance, but extra huge special shout out to those legendary backers, our producers, now legendary. Yeah. Thank you for the support, everybody. Get access to our members-only, patron-only Discord channels and an ad-free version of the show. When we start getting ads again, I have a feeling the show's going to be a little uh, successful. So, um, yeah, when I get asked, I'm going to say yes. Unless it's for, like, NFTs. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have our limitations. And, eat, well, I, I mean, yeah. So we're not going to do NFTs. But if we were to do them, you wouldn't hear them anyway. Because you're supporting over on the Patreon. Oh, you're right. That's bad. That's bad promotion for the Patreon. I will totally do NFTs. Exactly. You have to listen to them unless you subscribe. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter at Garrett Art. Follow Kyle at Kyle Ferguson. And we have rebranded the Into the Nexus 
Twitter to be at Garrett and Kyle. If you've never spelt my name before, it has two R's and two T's. Don't forget them. I don't know who the hell the Garrett and Kyle with one T is. Actually, I don't even know if they exist. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the maiden voyage of the Grinding Gear podcast. Check out our videos over at youtube.com slash TV. Got a new Final Fantasy 14 video coming out for you this Wednesday, and we'll see you for our next stream. Until next time, GG. I'm still going to say, take care. <laughs>